You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to renewedheartministries.com and click donate. Others who are who have been exposed to Jesus through harmful expressions of Christianity, they've encountered these values from other sources. And I can say that they too, they're partaking in the bread of life, even if they aren't even associated with quote-unquote Jesus. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery and this is episode 383. Our title this week is The Bread of Life and our reading this week is from the Gospel of John. John 6, 35 and verses 41 through 51. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. At this time, the Jews Jews there began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I came down from heaven? Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up at the last day. It is written in the prophets. They will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the Father and learned from Him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only He has seen the Father. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. And whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. So our passage this week, it starts a chain of I am statements that are unique to the Gospel of John. There are six more in this version of the Jesus story, seven in total. In John 8, 12, Jesus states, I am the light of the world. In 8, 58, he says, I existed before there was an Abraham. In 10, 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. In 11, 25, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. In 14, 6, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And lastly, in John 15, 1, he says, I am the authentic or the true vine. And Robert Funk explains that John's Greco-Roman audience, they would have immediately recognized this series of I am statements as an established formula uh, within the speech that was normally attributed to one of the gods. That's page 419 of the five Gospels. For John's Jewish audience, these sayings could have echoed Yahweh's words to Moses, I am who I am, in Exodus 3.14. Either one, both associations would have highly honored the Jewish Jesus, by whom many who encountered him had their lives changed forever. But also, I want you to note two things. Number one, John's language about the Jews here, quote-unquote, the Jews, again, it has proven deeply harmful to our Jewish siblings. And as I've said so often before, we must be careful how we read, um, be careful how we understand, 
And especially be careful how we use this passage and passages like this. Uh, however we understand them, we must not use them uh, in any way that harms Jewish people. Another problematic phrase is this one, no one has seen the Father except the one who is from God, only he has seen the Father. And this seems to contradict the synoptic Jesus, who, who accused those who uh, were in control of the status quo uh, of having an established monopoly on knowing God. In Luke eleven fifty two, he says, Damn you experts in the law, because you have taken away the key to knowledge. You yourselves have not entered, and you have blocked those who were entering. So, so there's a lot to ponder in this passage. The question we have to ask this week is, can we, in our context today, reclaim this passage in our lectionary reading for this week? And I think the Synoptic Gospels can actually help us here. In the Synoptic Gospels, the, the, the Synoptics don't emphasize Jesus as a person, like the personage of Jesus, as John does. The emphasis in the Synoptics is, is Jesus' teachings, specifically his teachings on nonviolent resistance, uh, mutual aid, resource sharing, wealth redistribution, debt forgiveness, and, and more. Jesus' teachings in these Gospels, uh, remember they have a very concrete political and economic implication for community. And no it's no wonder that many uh, of those with with a lot of political or economic power, both then and even now, have chosen to interpret Jesus as providing a path to heaven rather than an affront to unjust social structures in the here and now on earth. But ponder for a moment how our understanding changes if we interpret Jesus's teachings as the bread of life. Coupling John's Jesus, who is the bread of life, with the synoptic's definition of Jesus in terms of his teachings, it would lead us to state nonviolent resistance is the bread of life. Mutual aid is the bread of life. Resource sharing is the bread of life. Wealth redistribution is the bread of life. Debt forgiveness is the bread of life. And in a time of massive wealth inequality, when the richest are competing on getting to the edge of earth and space, while most of the world still doesn't even have their daily needs being met, needs for food and shelter and care, uh, I wonder if these statements could be true. Consider the political and economic forces uh, alone that are right now obstructing the changes that we need to make at this present time to effectively address climate change. And that's just one example. What does it mean to have the bread of life today? If eating this kind of bread would lead to life and refusing these things would lead to death, that would make much more sense to me if we define the bread of life as the ethical, social, and political teachings of the Jesus story that we find in the Jesus story rather than uh, the person of Jesus or, or the flesh of Jesus. It's much larger than this, too. As a, a Jesus follower, I've encountered these teachings along my own journey with Jesus. Others who are who have been exposed to Jesus through harmful expressions of Christianity, they've encountered these values from other sources. And I can say that they too, they're partaking 
in the bread of life, even if they aren't even associated with quote-unquote Jesus? What is bread that is only temporary? And what is bread that leads to life everlasting? We've been talking about this a lot over the last couple weeks. What are sustainable, renewable, long-term ways of supporting life? And could these practices from Jesus be a way for us to interpret Jesus's words in John's gospel too. And lastly, we once again bump into the myth of redemptive self-sacrifice in this week's passage, uh, in the phrase, this bread is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. Again, it's good to deny greed for power. It's good to deny greed uh, for resources, especially from the powerful and the privileged. And I see those kinds of denials as a way for the powerful to to reclaim their humanity or, or their self rather than sacrifice it. And, and likewise, I don't interpret Jesus as prescribing self-sacrifice for those who are marginalized, who are victimized, who are disenfranchised. In a system where so many people's full humanity or self is already being sacrificed, I don't believe the message for them is one of greater voluntary sacrifice of themselves. Rather, as we find in Matthew's Sermon on the out, Jesus brings a call to them uh, for them to reclaim their full humanity and their struggle uh, for, for justice. And again, I'll give a link to two, sec- two e-sites in the past that have uh, uh, shed some light on this. You can see the imagery of a good shepherd at RenewedHeartMinistries.com or our primer, our primer on uh, self-affirming nonviolence, part one through ten. Uh, and again, I'll put links to both of those in this week's e-site. But Joan Carlson Brown and Rebecca Parker, they correctly warn of the damage that unhealthy interpretation uh, interpretations of John's gospel can produce, especially if we glorify this myth of, of redemptive self-sacrifice. This is from their article, God So Loved the World, page one. Christianity has been a primary, and in many women's lives, the primary force in shaping our acceptance of abuse. The central image of Christ on the cross as the Savior of the world, it communicates the message that suffering is redemptive. If the best person who ever lived gave his life for others, then to be of value, we should likewise sacrifice ourselves. Any sense that we have a right to care for our own needs is in conflict with being a faithful follower of Jesus. Our suffering for others will save the world. And the one right there, they're critiquing why that 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 uh, teaching that suffering is redemptive is so so harmful. If you'd like to understand that analysis more deeply. Um, I, I'll recommend their critique uh, in its entirety. It's You can Google for God so love the world question mark. And if you put in Brown and Parker's name, you'll find it, or I'll put a link to it also in this week's e-site. So what does the bread of life look like for us today? Right understanding our history, including our society's racism, I think is the bread of life. A living wage is the bread of life. Open, free, and fair elections where voting rights and voting access is protected. That's the bread of life. Affordable and accessible health care for all is the bread of life. Getting vaccinated, especially right now during a pandemic. Uh, if you can be vaccinated, getting vaccinated uh, is the bread of life. And common sense, 
preliminary background checks on all gun purchases. That's the bread of life. We can make so many applications, funding those that are trained in mental health to respond to crisis situations in our communities, ending police militarization and investing in, in non-policing forms of public safety and community support. That's the bread of life. Clean. Renewable energy is the bread of life, especially for those that are monetarily profiting from a fossil fuel industry now. What does it profit you if you gain all the money in the world, but you have no planet to live on? What is the bread of life that results in concrete life everlasting for humanity rather than just temporary gain? What does the bread of life this week mean to you. Heart group application, share something that spoke to you from this week's e-site or podcast episode with your heart group. Number two, what do you interpret to be the bread of life in our context today? And discuss that with your group. And then number three, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone? Thanks for checking in with us today, right where you are. Keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working toward justice. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week.